What does it mean to be backed by Morse? It means you get the vehicle you want. And now, with new inventory arriving daily, getting the vehicle you want is easier than ever. Every Ed Morse lot is stocked. And if you can't find the vehicle you're looking for, the helpful Ed Morse team will track it down for you. Or they'll be with you every step of the way to pre-order your new vehicle and customize it just the way you like it. When it came to their tagline, the Ed Morse Automotive Group could have said anything, but they went with Backed by Morse. They want their customers to know that when they buy from Ed Morse, they are backed by Ed Morse. New vehicles are backed by Morse with a price protection promise, and all used vehicles are backed by Morse with thorough inspections and warranties. Even your service is backed by Morse with the price match guarantee. So make this year the year you get backed by Morse. Shop an amazing selection of vehicles all backed by Morse. Find a location nearest you and go to edmorse.com today. But remember, you're only backed by Morse when you buy from Morse. It's a new era, games fans. Welcome to the journey back to the top. It's touchdown, Miami. This is the Force Up Podcast. Here's Marsh and Jordan. They're making it look easy. All right, what up, what up, what up, Canes fans? It is the Fours Up Podcast. We are back after our summer hiatus. It is Saturday, July 30th. The boys took a good summer break, but we are back. Fall camp starts in six days. Jordan, how was your summer? It's been a long summer, man. I was excited for summer. I thought it was going to be like it used to be back in the good old days. Dude. I've I've been sick like a ton. I've been working a ton and it has been a hundred degrees every day and I hate it. So Bro, it this has been the hottest summer. And and I and I swear that's something that I say like every summer, like, oh, this is the hottest summer. This summer is actually the hottest summer. Yeah, like I don't remember it I don't remember it being a hundred degrees like a few times a week, <laughs> you know, no, dude. because I remember hell. growing up, it was like, oh man, it's going to be a hundred degrees today. And it was like a big yeah. deal. It happened like twice, three times a summer. It's been like every other day, dude. It's so hot this year. Yeah, bro. And like, yeah, I'm, I get sick all the time now. Like I think I'm getting sick right now, actually. And so I'm just dying. That monkey pox, dude. That monkey pox is going around. <laughs> The monkey pox, that bastard. <laughs> and, uh, but no, we, I, I cannot tell you how excited I am to be back. And we're taught, like, we're actually talking football. And, yes. like, we're, we, like, it's not recruiting. It's, mm-hmm. it's not anything. It's not spring practice. Like, the season is here. Yeah. Dude, like, it, we're, it's we're, here. We're, we're, we're 35 days away from kickoff. I know. I've had so much upheaval with my NBA team that I won't, I won't uh, say their name on, on any recordings until they've traded a certain player. Um, Are you, so you want Donovan gone? Yeah, I dude. I'm might as well. Right. He's a diva in my opinion. Like he's a fantastic player, but like, I don't need the diva stuff. I don't think he's good enough to be a diva. I agree. It's like Tim Tebow syndrome, and obviously Donovan's way better than Tim Tebow. But it's like Tebow won a playoff game in the NFL. Like, he wasn't horrible. He probably no. wasn't a good starter, but he wasn't horrible. But the problem is, game, like... he was not horrible. Yeah. But, but the problem is, like, if Tebow's your backup, 
and he has like 24-7 around-the-clock ESPN coverage, that totally throws off your whole team. Yeah. Like, LeBron is good enough to have that around-the-clock coverage. You know? Tim Tebow's not. Donovan's also not. That's just my opinion. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Well, so it has been a very busy summer for the Canes. Just like a quick recap. I mean, the recruiting has been insane. Uh, insane. Better than I thought, honestly, for year one. I, you know what? I am the exact same way. Like, I knew that Mario was a very good recruiter, mm-hmm. but the month stretch that he went on from like June to July, where sure. you get Francis Mauigoa, you get. Jaden Wayne, you get Malik Bryant, you get uh, Raul Aguirre. Like it's kind of it. It we like we we have a, we almost have a whole damn offensive line committed. Yeah, dude, it was so. I knew that Mario would be this good at recruiting. I just thought that he would have to have a little bit of a body of work. Yeah, which I wasn't worried about. I mean, he won two Pac-12 championships. Was it two or three? Uh, two, I believe. Yeah. But, you know, he won a lot of games in the Pac-12, won some championships, um, got a New Year's Six Bulls. And, uh, like, I just figured if he'd do that at Miami, then we'd be recruiting, like, Georgia and Alabama after. But it's kind of coming a little early, dude. I'm very impressed. Dude, I mean, we we got Jaden Rashada, like, mm-hmm. Samson Okanola, like, that's, that's still, like, he could commit at any moment. And... Yeah, I mean, Jerion Dickey, the five-star receiver that's committed to Oregon, he is in Miami right now. Yeah. Um, so it's it's very crazy. But I know that you and I, we like recruiting, but mm-hmm. it's not something that we can just talk about all day long because I can't. Correct. I'm – yeah. I like recruiting, <laughs> but it's not my forte. Yeah, dude. I It, it was not my forte for a long time, and – after like just covering it and being around it for a year, I was like, the holy my God. Like I can't yeah. do this. Dude, props to those guys. That's the recruiting. It's always something. It's something every day. It's a grind, dude. Guys like Gabby and, you know, his contemporaries that are all over recruiting all the time. Respect, man. Yeah. Like, like teenagers are not. Gabby, I don't know how Gabby does it. I know. Tracking and predicting the behaviors of teenagers. Not yeah. easy. <laughs> well, and then, like, you, you throw in the emotions of grown men mm-hmm. who follow this shit, mm-hmm. like, like more, like, more closely than the actual games. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's just, I think there's a disconnect because, you know, like, you know, not to get too much into this topic, but, like, Earl Little, um, <laughs> you know, Die Hard Kane, but, like, he wanted to send his kid to Alabama to play for Saban because his son's future is more than football. Like, that's a perspective that we don't really get to have, <laughs> you know, because, like, I don't have a son that's going to go play for Alabama. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, like, you and I, we understand his reasoning. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it totally makes sense. But it's yeah. it's hard to separate yourself because it's like, nah, bro, like, be part of the solution. But, like, easy to say when it's not my oh, child's bro, future on the line, you know? Kane's him, bro, come on. Yeah, 
so I know it's just it's tough and and it is an emotional thing you know it's just I don't know the the more that I've that we've done this and the more that I've gotten into it I think the more I've realized that recruiting isn't my cup of tea to like obsess over anymore and you know what like I like for the past like month or something like I I've like I haven't laid completely low on Twitter but I've definitely like I don't tweet as much. Yeah. And it's very nice. Yeah, dude, same. I've been too busy to yeah, to do Twitter. And uh, I mean, I am working the trade machine all the time to try to get as many draft picks as possible for my jazz, but <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, um okay, so camp opens up this Friday. I understand that you we you are going to the Florida State game, correct? Yes, sir. I, I have a, I have plane ticket, game ticket. What day are you flying out? Um, I assume. I'm either I might fly out Thursday night. Okay, so I hope we might be on the same flight, dude. Because I'm flying out Thursday the third out of Salt Lake. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you, we might be on the same flight. Yeah, out of the airport. Yeah, <laughs> we, we can go get a diet coke. At the yeah. Airport. A Diet Coke, and a, a Diet Coke, and a daiquiri. Uh, <laughs> but no, that's gonna be great. I'm so excited for that. Like I, as you know, like I had tickets to the LSU Alabama game, and that was my plan to go to that. And then it was almost a revelation in the middle of the night. I'm like, I can't, I can't go. <laughs> I must go to Miami FSU. So I'm going to that. I'm going to the Texas A&M game. I'm just so excited. For this season, like, also, like, this is our third season that we will have been doing fours up, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, dude, dude I mean, first- last, year, last year was kind of a train wreck, so we kind of just said, nah, screw it. Yeah. But, but still, like, we've seen this team, I mean, for years, but, like, in this format, this is the third year that we're kind of going into it, like – with the format and platform to talk about them. And I definitely would say this is the most optimistic and confident that I've ever been. Because I mean, the first year I got it right. I said, we were going eight and three. We did last year. I said, we were going to eight and four. We went seven and five. And I think that you were, you're kind of the, the, you were the, the same with your predictions. I did say ten and two last year, which which stung. Oh God! <laughs> I let us down. Um, but I mean, it's classic Miami syndrome, dude. You look at the schedule, and, and then you look at our blue chip ratio, and you're just like, like we would have to have a comically bad season to not go ten and two. And every year we have a comically bad season. But like this year, <laughs> right? <laughs> this year's different are you it is let me ask you this are you sold like are you ready to say okay this is actually different so i was talking about this with ab this week and uh it's like how do we approach the hype of this year because it does feel actually different for the following reasons mario is a proven coach who has won New Year's Six games. He has won conference championships and Power Five conferences. 
um, the administration is buying in, like literally forking yeah. over hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to make this work. Um, and, you know, we're already seeing the success in recruiting, which will play into future on-the-field success. I so badly want to believe that this is real, <laughs> you know, because it is different, right? It is different. Yeah. We haven't had hundreds of millions of dollars from the, the school, you know, yeah, we haven't had hundreds of millions of dollars from donors that are what, you know, they're willing to put up for stadiums and, you know, the Ruiz family, everything they're doing. Um, like, Randy Shannon didn't have that. And he also had never been a head coach before. Al Golden had never coached Power 5 football. You know, Mark Richt um, didn't have old. the infrastructure. And he was, you know, at the tail end of a great career, but he didn't have the infrastructure. I mean, you know, look at our position coaches. Like, it, it was not the same as this staff, right? He didn't have a Gaddis. He didn't have a Kevin Steele. He didn't have Jamila Dye, you know? He didn't have the type of infrastructure that we have. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I think the staff is a great point. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that he went and got out, like he went out and got a Josh Gaddis. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I was on a space the other night, just talking about our defensive line coaches, like Rod Wright, mm-hmm. um, Joe Salavea, and Jason Taylor. Yeah. That's just, that's just our defensive line coaches. Yep. And then you get a Charlie Strong, you get a Jamila Die, like Dude, Kevin Steele's a madman. I Alex keep forgetting that Charlie Strong and Kevin Steele are on our defense, dude. That's absurd. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. Like it's it's insane. It's like this is the best staff. I like top to bottom, like they haven't coached a game yet, but mm-hmm. this is like how could this not be one of the best staffs, like presentation wise, like in college football, right? Dude, on paper, it's it's top five in college football, and it's definitely the best that I've ever seen Miami put on the field. Oh, it's not even And close. that's on paper, you know. Um, but if you just go by, like, looking at people's qualifications and their, their uh, accomplishments, it's the best, by far the best staff we've had. Bro, and we were so excited, plus. like, and I love this guy – but we were losing our minds and we were like buying into Garen justice. Yeah, for sure. Great coach. Great coach. Like, Good man. Yes. Yes. Nothing bad to say about him, but it's not like that hire is nothing like the hires that we've been making. And yeah. and same for, uh, I can't think of our wide receivers coach last year. Likens. Yeah. Rob Likens, Rob Likens and Rhett Lashley. Like very, very good coaches, um, good hires, but like just a different class is what we're getting this year. Like we are getting the SEC dudes, you know, like Mm -hmm. our staff is an SEC staff for sure. I love it. You know, it's Bama level. It is. And if not Bama, then, you know, it's, it's Georgia and Florida and Texas A&M and, you know, it, we have a big boy staff finally. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons we've been able to go out and get some of these recruits like any other year. 
Francis Malagoa goes to Alabama. Yeah. Like, we have a five-star offensive lineman. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, oh, holy so shit. We're going to start actually doing stuff in the trenches. And yeah. I just, oh, my gosh. And, and like, Samson, like, he could pop at any money, but whatever. Today, um, really wanted to get into the offense, mm-hmm. uh, kind of preview that for spring camp. Um, obviously, we saw the spring game – or not spring camp, fall camp. Um, obviously, we saw the spring game. Um, Gaddis didn't really show out too much, and we also had, like, 15, 20, maybe even more, like, players out. Yeah. So I feel like we didn't really – we didn't really get to see the offense at full, um, you know, power and everything like that. Jalen yeah. Knighton wasn't playing. Don Chaney wasn't playing. So let's start off with the quarterback situation. Obviously, Tyler Van Dyke. Are is the height is are the expectations too high? Um. Well, I think if you. No, we're. I'll say this: Miami fans aren't being unfair. He has high expectations. But any redshirt freshman that played the way that he did last year would have this hype. It's yeah. not unfair what uh, what we're expecting of him because you know I think most Miami fans are like he's going to be a top two quarterback in the ACC, maybe a top five, top ten in the country. Um, I think that's fair expectations. He played incredible last year. You know he put up numbers that that redshirt freshmen just don't typically put up and, Bro, uh, you know, I mean, getting played like, um, he is a missed field goal against Virginia and a fourth and 14, uh, conversion two plays away from being nine and three. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and statistics yeah. are nutty too. Yes. Like, hold on, let me put, let me pull him up. But like the the, I mean, he walked into a situation last year that, I mean, Derek King was out, and like the season was already like it was a disaster. But yeah. the fact that he even brought some level of excitement back to that team during that season is a miracle. I agree. Okay, so last year. 25 touchdowns, six picks, almost 3,000 yards. And he didn't play until, was it the fifth game that he started? I can't remember. Yeah, probably the fifth that he started. Yeah, against Virginia. And so I'm very, very confident in Tyler Van Dyke. I think that we've all kind of knew that he had this kind of level of play in him, like – when he got onto campus, I remember when he did get onto campus, we were recording. We had just started recording. This was before Derek King came. And there were, there were talks that Tyler Van Dyke, he, he could start as a freshman. Yeah. And yeah. I think we are in very, very good hands. Agreed. I mean, he's looked the part since day one, like his, I remember seeing a picture of him the day that he got to campus and he yep. looked like his neck was like thicker than my thigh. He's carrying the luggage. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, lo- he. I mean, he looks like he's thirty-two. Yeah, he's looked like a grown man since day one. I, he looks like he should be. He he could be from Utah. Honestly, I've always thought that. <laughs> yeah. That crazy. Yeah. Um. But okay. Uh, other than him, I mean, you got Jake Garcia, who the boy. Um. 
Right. He is, um, he's recovering from an injury. I think he, he'll be fine. Um, you got Jake, you got Jacoby Brown. So I love our quarterback room going forward. You got Frank Ponce in there. That's coaching the quarterback. So I don't think quarterback is any, um, I don't think there's any, uh, worry there. I am. I'm excited to see how much of a passing offense we see with Gaddis. Like, because as we go into our running back room to talk about, we have running backs, right? Like, yeah. I mean, we have, we have uh, Jalen Nine is, he didn't participate in spring ball. And, but he is going to be healthy. Like he'll be fine for uh, this season. You have Don Chaney, who is coming back from a, a season where I can't remember how many games he played, but he had to, you know, season ending injury. You got Henry Parrish. Mm-hmm. And then you also got guys like Thad Franklin. You got Trevante Citizen. Let me ask you this. Who start? I mean, I, I think that it's going, they're going to rotate Parrish, Knighton, and Chaney very well. Yeah. A lot, some people are, are under the impression that Chaney could bounce right back and be a starting running back. What do you think? Um, so, I will be honest in saying that I haven't watched much of Parrish at all in his career. Okay. But Don Chaney is every bit of the first and second down back that you want in college football. So if he's healthy, I have no problem seeing Chaney as like our feature back with uh, Rooster being the change of pace. Okay. You know, and, and I think we have the depth to rotate. Why not? You know, why not get fresh legs in there? Cause everyone's capable. Um, so yeah, I can see it playing out like that. And I, I'm probably someone who thinks if, if Cheney's healthy, that he'll get a, a lion's share of the carries. I, 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 I mean, everyone knows that I've always been a Jalen Knighton guy. Um, huge Jalen Knighton fan coming out of Deerfield. Mm-hmm. I saw a ranking that one of the ACC commentators or whatever, did last week and they put uh Nyan in the top five running backs in the conference. Interesting. And I well, so I think that Jalen Nyan, like I think that they are going to use him in a very good way because Nyan obviously like his strength is like he's very um he can hurt you in a variety of ways. Like yeah. not only is he a you know good, solid, like pure running back, he can also hurt you in the passing game as well. So yep. I think he will be the feature back, honestly. But Parrish, man, I like what I saw uh, from Henry Parrish at Ole Miss. I like what I saw at the spring game. I think he's similar to Jalen Knighton. Yeah. You know, he can he's kind of like a home run threat. And then yeah. I'm just – I'm very excited to see Chaney bounce back because I think all-around talent, Don Chaney is the most talented, pure running back that we yeah. have, like yeah. natural running back. Yeah, I, I agree with you um, with everything that you're saying. And, and, you know, back to Rooster a little bit is that I think – I mean, Rooster's incredible, right? I don't want to downplay the importance of him. Uh, I think last year when he was kind of the only healthy back on the roster, it showed just how good he can be. But I also think it kind of showed uh, that he has a few limitations in the sense that when we had to run him 30 times a game, like 
I felt bad for him, <laughs> like watching through the TV screen. I was like, this dude was not made to carry the ball 30 times. You know, like that's just not him. That's not his game. He's getting the crap kicked out of him, <laughs> you know, running yeah. behind the underperforming offensive line 30 times a game is really not his bag. And so I, yeah, he's, he's, not certain- that run- he's not that running back. Yeah, exactly. And, and, so that's that's kind of why I see Don getting most of the carries. I do think Knighton will be featured in the offense, uh, perhaps equally, um, but I think we will use him in a more creative manner than we used Don Chaney, right? Don is the kind of guy that you just, you know, run between the tackles, whereas Rooster is the guy that you get creative. You know, you, you throw swing passes to him, um, you know, you do options just – all the gadget plays to get him in space because he is dynamite when he's in open space. I think that's a good point that you bring up about last year and how we did run Jalen Knight in that much because yeah. he was like the only guy like that Franklin yeah. and Cody Brown, like they were too young and yeah. uh, you know, we didn't have Paris Cheney was out. So Knight was really our only running back. Yeah. And I and think so he showed I, a lot of good I, stuff. I he showed a lot of good stuff, but I also think we got, just got to see a piece like, you know, he's Knighton is kind of the new wave running back that got populated there for a while. The Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, where it's like these guys are so good because of their athleticism and shiftiness that you don't want to run them into a wall of 300 pounders every play because they're going to break down physically. Uh, you know, you're going to make them too tired to be explosive and yep. like you want to like you need to preserve that dynamite playmaking ability that they have so you you need to lighten their load right yeah that's a very very good point you're so wise <laughs> thank you it's my okay, beard. Um, all my wisdom is from my beard <laughs> i have a mustache if you can see you like it that? is i i was going to comment on it earlier i like it yeah marsh is yeah. A nicely mustachioed gentleman now. Yes, yes. I have my Tony Soprano shirt on. Yeah. Just I like it. It's a vibe, dude. I dig it. It's a vibe. I'm I'm a I'm a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> um wide receivers. This is the first time in several years that Mark Pope D. Wiggins. <laughs> Like the I dynamic, almost, I almost blew snot all over myself. <laughs> the dynamic duo is not here anymore. Um, nothing. I mean, but also like Charleston Rambo is not here. Like, I, I think I for the last few years, wide receiver has been a question mark, and it still is. Yeah. Right. Like, I think. <sighs> Wide receivers. Keyshawn Smith, I think this year it's – I don't want to say make it or break it, but all right, come on. Let's go. Like, yeah, we need you to uh, to to become – I don't think he's going to do what Rambo did, but we need something big from Keyshawn Smith. Like, I, I think that he is – maybe the difference maker in the wide receiver room along with Jacoby George. Jacoby George, I think people he kind of blew up out of nowhere. 
And um, like he, I, he, he made a few plays last year against like Central Connecticut. And I'm a huge Colby George fan. Yeah. But I feel like w- at some point during spring practice, like the, the Jacoby George hype just blew up. Yeah. And so I, I, I think that he's going to have a good season. I don't think that he is going to put up the numbers that people are expecting him to put up. I agree with you. I, I think we have – I know this is coming right after I talked about Tyler Van Dyke. Um, but I think sometimes we uh, put too much stock into the development from a guy's first year to the second year, right? And I know yeah. this exi- – yeah, this is um, – but I, I'm with you. Like, Jacoby George, from everything I saw last year, our most talented receiver on the roster right now. Like, would I be surprised if he is, like, all ACC, all ACC second team? Not at all. Really? However, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. But at the same time, I also wouldn't be surprised if it's, like, he has a solid but not breakout year. You know, like, 700 yards. You know what I mean? Like That would be pretty solid. Like, that would be pretty good. Like, in terms of, like, what we've seen in the past 10 years from receivers – that would be a very good year. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I definitely think – I can tell you that I feel very comfortable with George and Keyshawn Smith. But, like, it's still – it leaves something to be desired a little bit. But, like, I'm not going to – not losing sleep over that position group with those two. Yeah, I, I think that – it's an exciting group because I also think, I think Frank Ladson, the guy who uh, transferred from Clemson, I keep saying that I could see him having a kind, a kind of a year that uh, Rambo had last year. Honestly, I think, I think that uh, Ladson has a lot to prove. And I Mm -hmm. think that he kind of, from what I heard, he came along like as spring camp went, uh, you know, went on. So yeah, I, Somewhere between Mark Pope and Charleston Rambo next year. Somewhere between. <laughs> oh God, I so I I because I Restrepo has the slot covered and Brashard Smith is going to be a very good number two slot. I I'm not sure who I'm ready to pencil in as the two starting uh, outside receivers. I like part of me wants to say Jacoby George and Ladson, but then a lot of me wants to say Jacoby George and Keyshawn Smith are going to do it, or Keyshawn and Ladson. I have no idea. Yeah. I, right? And I then, like... You're... Sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. Um, I, I think you're higher on Ladson than I am. Um, I'm just kind of like, I have no expectations for Ladson, and not in a negative way, just in a... In a like, trying to be realistic about five-star talent who has done literally nothing in his college career, you know? And so it's like, does he need a change of scenery? Maybe. Is he a bust? Also maybe, right? So I'm kind of counting him as a question mark. And it's like, whatever he gives me, I'll take it. Okay. I like that. But like, also if he doesn't play, like, that's fine too. You wouldn't be surprised. 
I I mean I have I don't know. I have no idea what to expect, you know. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And then I mean cuz I'm also I'm also uh, excited to see what Romello Brunson does. Like he's a he's a guy that wasn't in spring practice, but he is expected to be, you know, a full participant in this year. So a lot of people and I'm I'm very high on Romello Brunson. Um I, I'm excited to see what he does. So Yeah. Dude, we have tons of young talent. You know, like the cupboard is full. Yeah. It's just one of those situations where it's like we need these kids who are excellent high school football players to um become good college football contributors this year, right? That was a good line. Thank you. That was very good. Worked on it. Um all right. So Me in the mirror practicing for fours up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay. Um, next, we have tight ends, a position group that I'm not worried about at all. I yeah. think that this is a room that is stacked for years to come, especially mm-hmm. when you think we have three guys committed in this current class at tight end. But right now, when we got old man, Will Mallory at number one, on the go, chart. you got Will Mallory, the boy, my boy, Will Mallory. I think this is the year. <laughs> I'm, I'm exclusively calling him old man, Will Mallory for the all season. Old man, Will. <laughs> yeah. I I think that Mallory I mean obviously this is this is literally his last year. Um this is the last time that we'll ever be talking about Will Mallory heading into a fall camp. This is the last time that we can stake all of our hopes and expectations on him only to have them dashed. <laughs> dashed to pieces. This is my third year on the Mallory train. Um yeah. but I think I think this is the one. I, I, I'm I'm very confident in Will Mallory, but I'm I'm confident in this tight end room um as a whole because I think Elijah Arroyo takes yeah. a big leap in year two. I love Elijah Arroyo. I was such yes. a big fan of him coming out of Texas. And he's a very good blocker. You know, I went back mm-hmm. and watched the spring game a few weeks ago and just noticed that Arroyo's blocking is very good. And that's something that Mallory struggled with, if we're being completely honest. Yeah. Um and I think that Arroyo has all the tools to be a, a, like a superstar tight end at college. Um, we also have Will Brantley who made a few plays yeah. in, in the spring game. You also have Jaleel Skinner. Yeah. You know, like the number one tight end coming out of high school last year. I think that he is obviously a future star. Is he going to see the field as much this year? We don't know. I'm not sure. I think – yeah. He put on some good weight during spring, so we'll see. But yeah, yeah. What do you What do you want to say about tight ends? Um, I'm. I don't know. I've I've been burned by Will Mallory one too many times. As our third year going into our third season of fours up, I think I have finally cooled. I'm selling my real estate on Will Mallory Island. <laughs> um, like I think he'll be fine. You know. Yeah, but I really wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year that Elijah Arroyo 
is our feature tight end. Okay. Yeah. Damn so you. That's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking by the end of the year, like, Elijah Arroyo is the guy. Okay. And I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah. Oh, he's supremely talented. You know, I, I think Will Mallory could have his best year ever, and Elijah Arroyo could still be the guy at the end of the year. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. Um, and now to our favorite unit on the offense, the old offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm, I feel good. I feel, I feel good about the yeah. offensive line. Zion Nelson, like this is it for him. <laughs> this is his money year. He's expect like the, the, everything that I'm seeing. He's a first round pick. Yeah. So we also saw the same thing last year. But the thing is, Zion Nelson had a very good year last year. We were just so bad as a team that people don't realize how good Zion Nelson was last year. Yeah, he really was. He he had a great season. Um, you know, I mean, some people had predicted him to be a top 10 pick last year. Uh, clearly, he didn't live up to that. But I think I think that is why he was kind of sneaky underrated, you know, because he was great. He just didn't live up to that first round billing, right? Exactly. He was very good. He just wasn't first round good. Yeah. Last year. You know, we have a lot of interesting dudes on the offensive line this year. Um I will give the last staff credit, Garen Justice. We already mentioned him. He did a fantastic job recruiting, um, given the tools that he had. Um, like the, he didn't leave the cupboard empty. You know, offensive line is a position where true freshmen rarely come in and are effective. Mm-hmm. It's a grown man position. Like, you know, the years between 18 and 22 are important for the development of, of your body, you know, your musculature. Um, and yeah, like I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of the guys that uh, Garen justice recruited start to make some good progress under this new staff. Yep. See some names from years past pop up and be like, Oh, uh, Michael McLaughlin, great year, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, guys like that, right? Yeah. So. I mean, I think Big Mike is like the left tackle of the future. I know yep. that the current staff really likes him. Um, yep. I think Jalen Rivers yep. has that. He he didn't play in spring, but I'm very confident in him in left guard. Yep. Uh, he, he, you know, he had a season-ending injury last year. Mm-hmm. Jalen Rivers at left guard. You also got Jonathan Dennis, who transferred over from Oregon. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what to expect from him. Mm-hmm. Jakai Clark, I think, is one of the more slept-on players on this team this year. I think he's going to have a fantastic year at center. Yeah. Um, right guard is the one that people they're on the right side of the offensive line. That's where people aren't quite so sure. A lot mm-hmm. of people think Justice Alu Sawa, whatever from uh, the guy who transferred over from UNLV a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Justice, he's like 27. Oluwasan, but, um, is that right? What? Oluwasan, is that Oluwasan, yeah. 
Justice Aluasin. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's a Utah bias. I like Logan Sagapolo. Yeah. Yeah. Poly power. I don't, dude. The these guys they just don't know poly power i know man it's like utah has sneakily put a lot of really good nfl players into the league lately and almost all of them are polynesian dudes and he's a brother in christ (laughs) (laughs) yes sir he's a brother he's an he was an elder that's awesome where do you go on his mission do you know pardon do you know where he went on his mission I want to say California. Cool. That's awesome. But, yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Um, we so coach Salavea out here on a recruiting trip. We need to take him out to lunch. That we absolutely do. Dude, they recruit heavily in Utah, man. As they should, dude. Like Utah's dominated. What have like, we been saying for years? We've been saying it, dude. Utah, the Utes have been dominating defensive, uh, you know, having a dominating defensive line for years. You know, like BYU's put a ton of dudes in, especially like 15, 20 years ago, BYU was doing that same thing. Yeah. And uh, there's even a lot of dudes that, that have been going to Oregon, you know, like Haloti Nada. Um, and a Sewell. Then going Jude. to the league. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. And a Sewell, freaking pride of St. George. Yes, sir. Good town. Um, well, I, 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 I'm penciling in Logan Sagapolo to start at right guard. Mm-hmm. Right tackle. I, DJ Scaife. Okay. Yep. Um, my confidence level in him. I, uh, I sold my Scaife real estate a long time ago. Just because I feel like he's kind of gotten screwed because I think right guard is where his natural position is. But Mm -hmm. because of poor recruiting in the past and poor development in the past, he was forced to slide on over to right tackle. Yeah. I mean, this is his last year. It's kind of like it's kind of like Mallory. Like, it's kind of like, all right, well, this is it. Like, this is actually it. Yeah. Like, let's see it. Yeah. Like, it's either this or. Dude, I wanted so bad. I want so bad for John Campbell to do something because I think John Campbell has the body to be great. Mm -hmm. He's a monster. But I just – I'm not sure. I think he's been injured for like 13 years. Yeah. So – it's I, I got the right tackle. So my starting five on the offensive line, I have Zion Nelson, uh, Jalen Rivers, Ja'Kai Clark, Logan Sagapolo, and DJ Scaife. Ten and two. <laughs> ten and two. It's that easy. Ten, ten and two. But, <laughs> I mean, that, that's our offense, man. Yeah. I, can we score 35 a game? Yes. Maybe. Yeah. I, I hope. I hope. Uh, the, the only thing that could hold us back in that respect, in my opinion, is our pass catchers. Yeah. Like, Tyler Van Dyke is going to be good, but he also just played with a guy who had the greatest wide receiver season in Miami Hurricanes history. Which is crazy. 
absurd. Absurd to think that. Nuts. Like, Charleston Rambo's 21 season is the best wide receiver season ever for a hurricane. And yeah. Andre Johnson, Michael Irvin, who? Yeah, right. Never heard of him. <laughs> what did they do? Rambo. Yeah, right. Yeah, what about Rambo? Um, the undrafted god. Exactly. Pride of the Carolina Panthers. Practice squad. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I actually oh, think he'll do good in the league. Do you, uh, do you, do you remember our uh, good buddy Parker? Yeah. Do you follow him? Yeah, yeah. Stats of War. He is. Well, we have got to get him on soon because okay. he is one of my favorite people. Did you see what he tweeted yesterday? I didn't. He said, because he's kind of like me. He likes to have fun on Twitter, you know, mm-hmm. maybe troll a little bit. And in all caps, he said, breaking. Heading into fall camp, your team's star player is really turning heads. According to an anom- anonymous source, quote, he's got that dog in him. Oh, I did see that. I didn't, I didn't see who it was from, but I, that made me laugh. That's funny. How many hurricanes in the past few years like, could, I, could we relate that tweet to? A lot. So many. It's a like, lot. So many. A lot of dogs. Oh, yeah, a lot of dogs. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't done shit on the field, but he's a dog. Yeah. Uh. Um, any more thoughts on the offense? Um, no, I, I'm really interested to see the scheme, you know, as you said, spring game didn't reveal a whole ton. Um, mm-hmm. I think our personnel is more suited for like a run heavy offense, you know, kind of like the, the latest thing is to do like a pro style with a lot of spread complexes, you know, it's like a, kinda like a power spread. Yeah, a power spread type thing. You know, you run it from the shotgun, but there's a lot of pro concepts and stuff. Um, I I think that's kind of what we're suited for. That is, you know, if Gaddis leans on some of the Harbaugh stuff that he did at Michigan, I think we could be pretty successful. But, you know, all of that could change with Jacoby George, like, being a monster yeah. this year. Like... That, that's kind of my one thing is I think our glass ceiling on offense is our wide receiver play. Yeah, I think it, I think it's going to come down to whether or not Jacoby George and Keyshawn Smith step up and yeah. what our offensive line is capable of. Yeah, I agree. We, I mean, if our offensive line takes care of business, we can run for days. Yes. Like we have three very capable running backs. And so. And I think another question is, like, how good will Tyler Van Dyke be? Is he going to be the type of guy that elevates the entire team? Um, I don't want to put that mantle on him because not even all first-round picks do that, you know? It's not like, fair. Yeah, like, Justin Herbert, incredible NFL quarterback. He wasn't a dude that you were like, oh, they got Justin Herbert, they're going to the playoffs. Like, yeah. that wasn't him. You know, and so hey, Herbert went twelve and two and run one Rose Bowl. If if Tyler Van Dyke went twelve and two and one in Orange Bowl, I think my the city of Miami would throw a parade. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Pac twelve is a lot more weak. I mean, they they got to play your Utes in the uh, 
in the championship game that year for the Pac-12, and like, I would take that all day. <laughs> if it was like, if we get to the ACC well, and we people, had to play, people sleep on the Utes. I don't know why. Like losing to Utah is such like a big deal. Yeah, I don't understand. Like you, whatever. That's it. That's it. I stretch a cord. Sorry, Marsh. Shuck a cord. Damn you. If they played a real program like BYU, then maybe. Oh, good God. <laughs> I don't even think that. I'm just teasing you. Oh, hell. Bro, I can't wait for 2026 and the Canes come storming into Provo. Oh, dude. I know. It's going to be amazing. Oh, I'm going to be banned from that city forever. But. Um, if the Canes lose. Me and you would get a disproportionate level of hate. In our uh, social circles for that. Yeah. Not to mention social media. Yeah. Damn social media. Everywhere I go when I wear my Canes gear around Utah, everywhere I go, it's always like these old minivan New Balance sneakers wearing dads that are just like, hey, I remember 1991. It's like, yeah, I bet you do. Dude, my dad was at that game and, uh, He said he talked so much shit, <laughs> yeah. like leading up to it, um, and then they lost. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a Thomas curse in the Canes. Yeah, because that's what always happens to us. But um, what else do we have to get to? We're, we're, so we're going to talk about the defense next week. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of go over that. Maybe JP will join us then, or yep. one let's, of our guests. Let's talk Maybe about we'll- our swag real quick. Yes. Um, tailgating oh, season. Pay the bills, too. Yes. Do we have an ad? No. Oh, we don't have to read one? I will. I don't think, I don't think uh, our bosses knew that we were recording. So. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure um, it out. Our fault. <laughs> so you don't trust 20-something-year-olds to do something right. Um, yeah, well, bro. Yeah. Um, but tailgating season coming up, um, you know, uh, about the fans. That's where you can find all of our Force Up podcast merch. We have some really cool shirts. Um, you know, Marsh and I are both going to be there for the Florida State game. Tailgating, I know, Marsh, you're going to Texas A&M. Like, that'd be really dope if we could see, uh, you know, some Force, Force Up shirts out there. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We should we should do like a giveaway for the Florida State game. Like yeah. we we should do like a big tailgate. Yeah, and just blow it all up. Yep, blowing it all up. Gonna blow that shit up. But yeah, yeah. go check out about the fans. Um, I actually just ordered um, a Mario era T shirt, dude. I really like the long sleeve fours up shirt. I think those are beautiful. Yep. Um. It's courtesy yeah, of my mother-in-law. AB does a great, AB does a great job. Yep. yep. My mother-in-law actually pushed for that one to, to get done, so shout out to her. Thank you, mother-in-law. Yep. yep. Um, one day I'll mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you could yeah. if you wanted. You could if you wanted. <laughs> yeah. Very Marsh busy. the catch. That's what I call you. Around these Marsh parts. the catch. Marsh um, the but yeah, what else we got to get to? I think that's it, dude. Any uh, any fun musings from uh, from your personal life, or are you ready to pack up? Any movie talk? Um, anything going on? Personal life. You know, I'm just having fun. 
Yeah. Just having fun with it. You enjoying being back in Utah? I love being back in Utah. You know, I had a job offer to move back to South Florida, turned it down. And yeah. uh, a lot of people would say, oh, you're crazy. Oh, you're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I think you're crazy if you live in South Florida during this. <laughs> yeah. I, I was supposed to. I'm so. So my family's going down uh, back home to Miami next week. And I said, yeah, I don't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> I might lose some followers, but. Is it because the heat didn't want to go? What is it? Heat and humidity? Is that what is kind of man? Like, like Pete, like you don't know the hell when what like some like July and August in South Florida, Mm -hmm. like the hell that that is. Just walking to you, you can't do anything. Yeah. Dude, I can you barely do anything light. here. I can barely do yeah. anything in this Salt Lake City heat. Bro, I and tried lighting like, up the other day here, and yeah. I, I couldn't do it. It's just too hot. Yeah, it's only like 20% humidity here. And, I mean, it is 100 degrees, but only 20% humidity. I'm sure South Florida is, you know, closer to 60 or 70. Like 97. <laughs> 100. It's a lot. It's a cloud. It's a cloud. <laughs> it's just one big cloud. Yeah. I don't know how weather works. So here I am. Yeah. yeah. But I will tell you, oh, I am so, because I, I've been living in either Mississippi or Miami the last two falls. Yeah. I am so excited for fall yeah. weather. Dude. It's the greatest. Oh, I'll tell you what, Marsh. You pick a game this year that works. I know you're a busy guy and everyone's pulling you every which direction in football season. Um, but you pick a game and there's a recipe that I've been wanting to try. It's like going to be perfect game day food. Very oh, fall, you know, fall flavors. And yeah. uh, I'll grill for us in the backyard. Oh, we watch. God bless you. Yeah, dude. I, I haven't like it's, it's in the workshop phase. But it's going to be like, dude, I know you're not like a drinker, but like yeah. there is there is nothing. Oh, my God. There is nothing greater mm-hmm. than a fall Saturday. Yeah. You, you got football on. You're grilling. You got a beer. And yeah. like you, you're not like you're, you're not cold. You're not freezing, but it's crisp. Yeah. Like you can, you can wear jeans and a sweater and be yeah. totally comfortable. Yep. Yeah. I feel like everyone looks better during that, during that season. And that is peak Jordan season is when I'm wearing a flannel in my black skinny jeans. I'm at the peak of my powers. (laughs) That's what I wear too. Skinny jeans, baby. Skinny jeans for the win. Right. That's right. Everyone talking shit can step back, bro. Everyone always (laughs) talking crap on my skinny jeans. No, you just got style, dude. Yeah, hell yeah, I guess now. But yeah, we should absolutely do that. Yeah. We'll get my brothers and dude, yeah, dude. We'll we'll have a grand old time. Hopefully watch a Canes win. Let's not ask for yeah. too much, but Yeah. Yeah, don't ask for too much. Like <laughs> ten and two. But yeah, I I'm I'm sticking with nine and three. Nine and three. You're smart. I'm you know what? I don't even like I <laughs> 
for some reason, my brain just cannot accept nine and three. Like I look at the schedule and I'm like, I can't even comprehend that we'd lose three games, but I've been down this road so many times. I know I'm wrong. You know? Yeah. Like I know we're not going 10 and two, but I look at the schedule like, of course we're going 10 and two. We're the you. We got Mario, baby. Dude. It's like some type of cognitive dissonance that I have with the frigging canes that I look at the schedule, even when we were coached by Al Golden, you know, and had Stephen Morris as our quarterback, I'd look at the schedule and be like, oh, yeah, 10 and 2, dude. He's yeah, Genofrio, he's really good. He's Absolutely. Good. Got that Mark Whipple offense, dude. You got hey, that Jed Mark Fish. Offense, that Mark Whipple offense scored some points. Yeah. We got Jed Fish calling the plays. Dude, Jed Fish actually was a really good coordinator here. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Jed Fish. He's a national he was a national champion OC, right? For us? Yeah. Something oh like man. That. Dude. I do not know. Yeah. Nine. New year. So I'm just saying nine and three, eight and four, even though in my brain that sounds absolutely stupid that we had lose four games, but whatever. Like we have I to know understand. we, have to, we have to remember this is year one. Yes. This is year one. And plus. The concerns of Mario's game day coaching are legitimate. They're legitimate. Like, he is not a perfect coach. He's really good at a lot of stuff. He's a great coach. Mm-hmm. But, like, his team has a tendency to poop their pants sometimes in big games. Yeah. Okay. So, that criticism we'll is legitimate, and we just need to know that that is what we're paying a lot of money for. That doesn't. We're know. not people, doubting. We're yeah, not doubting. People are going to hear this and be like, oh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We're not no. haters. No, dude, Mario is the best thing that happened to this program probably in the last 20 years. God but, bless him. Absolutely. But the game day coaching concerns are valid criticism. So, you know, when we lose a game to Georgia Tech in the next oh, two or God. three years, and we're just like, Shut what up. in the world was that? Shut don't even don't put that evil on us. <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying? Like it might happen. Like we just have to remember. It's like oh yeah, you know Mario ha- Mario does have weaknesses. It's it's what it is. So yeah. yes, the the so, roadmap to losing four games this year is just some like what was that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like we could beat Texas A and M and still lose three games this year. This is true. Like isn't that kind of what Mario did last year? You know, at Oregon, kinda. So well, he lost to Utah twice. Yeah, yeah, he beat Ohio State in the horseshoe. Yeah, and then lost to Stanford. So the, I want to. You're a Utes fan as well, so I want to bring this up to you and hear your thoughts. I typically don't have an allegiance in the BYU Utah thing. As I get older, I tend to gravitate a little more towards BYU. But at the end of the day, I really don't care. I I truly don't. Um, so my impression of Kyle Whittingham, great coach, fantastic coach and program builder. However, the dude has a serious penchant of pooping his pants during important games. Like, yeah, like Like there's always one game. There's always one game. Well, how many times in the last 10 years has Utah looked really good? They get ranked in the top 15 and then the next game, they absolutely poop their pants at home against Colorado. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? It like it always happens. It happens every year. Yeah. So, and he's a great coach. Last don't get me year, wrong. I, like last year, like somehow they turned it around and made it to the Rose Bowl. But yeah, he lost to BYU. He lost to yeah. San Diego State. Well, that's kind of my point, though. Is now bring it back to Mario. Mario has this reputation of sometimes having brain farts on Saturdays. And he went up against a chronic pants pooper in Kyle Whittingham. And Mario's the one that pooped his pants twice in one season. Yeah. So that is, if there is any criticism of Mario, which no one's perfect. Okay. Besides Nick Saban, the goat. Um, That is the criticism of Mario. Is it like, there's going to be times where he just totally poops his pants because he did it against the guy who's famous for losing big games, right? Yeah. With respect to Kyle Whittingham because he's a great coach. I don't know. Give me your thoughts yeah. on that. Um, no, I, I, because I, it'd be stupid not to point that out. Like, yeah, yeah. it has happened. Um, it has happened in the past. Um, I think, um, you know, how do I even answer that? I think that Mario, I think Mario did the best job possible at Oregon, mm-hmm. but I do think that there were a few games. I'm not even talking about the Utah game because Utah was a good team, but like the Stanford yeah. game last year, like yeah. Stanford wasn't good. Like you could have easily beaten Stanford. Yeah. Um, there was one year where he lost to Auburn, like week one, where he had yeah. that game. And, um, but you know, I am, um, I'm not expecting a national championship or anything. Um, I just, just give me, if we are even in the position where we're winning 10 games and we lose, like we drop that one to me, I will take that right now. Dude, it's all about improvement. Yes. You know, we have, won. And, and, and I think Kane's fans, we have a tendency of being a little impatient. Yeah. Like this, this situation, we can't deserve to do that in year one. We can't be impatient. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're right. Canes fans are impatient probably because there was such a high bar of success in the past. That oh yeah. People are just yeah. hoping that oh, it'll snap. So right. Yeah. Right. I think people are expecting it'll snap right back into place. No, you know that we will go that we will skip rebuilding steps and just be the you again. Probably not going to happen. So no. if we can like we've never won an ACC championship ever. If we like if Mario wins an ACC championship in his first 3 years, that's huge. Even if we don't make the playoff. If we win the ACC championship and don't get a playoff invite, that is our best season. Since like what two thousand four, three, yeah, and that's incredible. Yeah, it's the the culmination. Uh, we won ten years games once since oh three. That's sickening. We've won ten games one time, basically in t- twenty years. Yeah. So I want you guys to remember that. Yeah. I want you to heed my words. <laughs> I want you to listen to Jordan. Yeah. Before you throw in the towel, if we lose to Texas A&M. Yep. We might. Smile. 
And, you know, like, but Mario, he's only had two major head coaching. Well, he's only had one major head coaching job, right? Uh-huh. He's still going to learn. And so he'll have the chance to take more of a CEO-oriented role and be like, hey, I got Josh Gaddis and Kevin Steele, two of the best guys in the country at what they do. Like, I'll let them make the decisions here, you know, because I've been a habitual pants pooper in the past. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think expectations are high as they should be, but yep. I think if uh, – I don't know. I, I, I'm just a lot more patient than people. Yeah. Well, and understanding. We need to – like the hype is real in the sense that the buy-in from the administration, the you know, getting Dan Radakovich in here, um, you know, building a $100 million football facility, um, you know, the NIL stuff, the Ruiz family, um, the Moss brothers, uh, like all of this stuff is so real. But the problem is, is like this, this stuff – is infrastructure for decades of success. Mm -hmm. It is not necessarily going to be year one success, right? Mario signed a 10-year deal. Like, he could win, let's say he does win a national championship here, it could be year nine before he does it. Yeah. You know? Very well. Yeah, so like... Everything that, you know, I, I think kind of the Miami fan base mentality is immediate gratification. And like, yeah, the announcements for a $100 million football facility are cool, but it doesn't do anything for you before they even break ground. <laughs> you know, yeah. it gives you hype, but like it, it doesn't actually contribute to team success before they've even put a shovel into the dirt, you know? So I think you're right. We just need to be patient. We need to understand that all of the good things that have happened this off season are building towards sustained success like five years from now. And so we just need to see progress. We need to, we just need those little nuggets, you know, little nuggets yep. of awesome. No, I think that's true. I think you said oh. it perfectly. Yep. See any good movies lately? I just keep rewatching Lord of the Rings. Dude, okay, I'll tell you this. I don't. I don't know if we were recording when I did this. So I we've talked about Lord of the Rings before. I know you love it. I had told you that I had not seen them. I had watched each of them once in theater. I'm only 28, so that means that I would have been like eight years old watching the fellowship. I didn't yeah. understand much, right? Like they're deep stories, you know, eight year olds can enjoy them right now. Cause I, I, I forgot that you hadn't seen them. Yeah. Like I enjoyed it because eight year olds like swords and magic and stuff, but like they really are too smart for eight year olds to fully indulge in the Lord of the Rings. Right. However old I was, I don't know. I think it, Fellowship came out, what, 2001? Yep. Yeah, it would have been eight. Saw it four times in the theaters. Yeah. 
And so, you know, I had no exposure to the books, anything. Anyways, less than a year ago, my wife and I watched all three of the extended versions in like a two or three day span. And I have to tell you, incredible. 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 Amazing. I just watched The Two Towers last night. Yeah. And you know what's Everyone's funny? going out to the bars and everything like that. Nah, I'm going to no. stay home on Lord of the Rings. Yeah. What, would you like my uh, opinion as someone who just watched all of them for the first time recently? Yeah. So, I Watch remember... Watch your mouth. <laughs> for sure. So, when I saw them in theaters, the theater cut... The Two Towers was my favorite because of Helm's Deep. Yep. After watching all of the extended movies and understanding just the world of Lord of the Rings better, The Two Towers was by far my least favorite, but still great. Mm -hmm. And I just think the story drags a little bit heading into the Helm's Deep stuff. Yeah, I mean, everything with the Ents mm -hmm. and... um, like the the Faramir capturing of Frodo and mm-hmm. um I no I, I I I and the whole Ro like Rohan like moving to Helm's Deep, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I understand that. And but I say that as a credit to how good the other two are. Because yeah. Fellowship like, is very underrated. Oh yeah, dude, that was actually my favorite. Like I so, love the story. It was almost a four-hour movie, the extended cut. I was ready to go, and it was like 2 a.m. when my wife and I finished The Fellowship. I was ready to start The Two Towers right then, because that's how good it was. Like, I was on the edge of my seat at the end of Fellowship. Like, Fellowship, uh, like, like from beginning to end, it packs so much in. Yeah, and it's incredible. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. And then Return of the King, in my opinion... I'm going to watch that tonight. Um, yeah. Actually, right after this. Mm-hmm. I think Return of the King is one of the greatest movies mm-hmm. ever made. Just just like when you go back and look at those three as a whole, yeah. and you like include the casting mm-hmm. and the writing, like the, 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 the ability – I was actually talking to my friend who I watched it with last night. The ability – that they did like, like the job that they did, like just taking these words from these books and bringing them to life in such a magnificent and yeah. incredible way. Like it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a love. God, yeah. I love those. movies. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm excited to rewatch them again this fall. Um, and actually I want to get the audio books cause I drive around a lot for work. Dude, the books are incredible. Um, yeah, I my friend was telling me that there's audio books that are narrated by Andy Serkis, <laughs> and uh, I wanna I wanna get those ones. So, oh yeah, The Hobbit too. I guess he did The Hobbit as well. The Hobbit movies suck ass. Really? Are they not good? So bad. And I'm very I'm very I'm nervously optimistic about the the Amazon show that's coming out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess, you know, in saying that Two Towers is my least favorite to me is just an example that like when I was young, the fighting was what was memorable to me, the awesome fight scenes. But now 
when I rewatched them as an adult, like there was so much more to the story that not even the awesome fight, like the fighting was cool, but that wasn't like the most memorable part. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. So credit to the awesome storytelling, I guess, storytelling. Amazing storytelling. I love it. So I love it. I love it. Yeah, dude. um, So I, I had a friend in high school, sorry, last thing. And then we can go. Um, you know, Braden Amelka from college. I grew up with him. Um, so anyways, he, uh, huge Lord of the Rings fan, kind of like you. Yep. And, uh, I would always, tease Cowboys him that, fan. yeah, I would always tease him that the, uh, the greatest movie trilogy of all time was rush hour. <laughs> dude, he'd get so mad because he'd be like, he'd be like, it's Lord of the Rings. So like, no dude, it's rush hour. Three best movies I've ever seen in my life. So, yeah. So I was just going <laughs> to joke with you. <laughs> it's like it moved up. Lord of the Rings moved up to number two right behind Rush Hour. I forget you love Rush Hour. I uh, Dude, it's on TV like every day. There's one of the channels that I have just is always playing one of the three Rush Hour movies. And it's just I white. Swear, I house. swear TBS like plays Rush Hour all the time. Yeah, and so it's just white noise in my house. You know, like I'll turn the TV on and rush hours on. So I'm like, of course, I'm going to watch this. Why would I pass I've up rush hour? rush hour? Dude, you're in for a treat. I'm telling you. Like, it is cheesy, but it is the best Jackie Chan buddy movie of all time. And Jackie Chan's great. Yeah, it's great. And dude, Chris Tucker in that movie, hilarious. Like... You understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Yeah, dude. Like, Chris Tucker amuses me to no end. Like, I think he's one of those dudes that I could just, like, watch him exist. Like, have a camera follow him around during his day. And I would be so entertained by it. (laughs) That's actually pretty funny. Yeah. Him, Jonah Hill is another guy like that. Like, I could watch Jonah Hill, like, file his taxes, and I'd be amused. I'd be chuckling. I'd be like, that's hilarious. <laughs> Jonah Hill, he's pretty good. Yeah. He's yeah. he's just goofy. Yeah. He's very interesting. Dude, I love – it's like he has dork confidence. All of his characters have dork conf- – characters have dork confidence, and I love it. I'm so amused by that. I, like, love, you know, I just uh, I just rewatched Wolf of Wall Street because uh-huh. I think that's one of my favorite movies. Jonah yeah. Hill is incredible in that. Yeah, like absolutely amazing. Yeah, I actually haven't like, seen it, but you haven't seen need, it? No, I need to watch it. Well, I mean, I don't want to corrupt your soul. No, it's. I mean, it's fine. It's and, it's it's heavy. I'm a big Margot Robbie fan, so I need to watch it. Aren't we all? <laughs> I know, right? Who isn't? I love that woman. I'm also yeah. a big Leo fan. Me too. He's very handsome and just and very incredible. good. Incredible actor. Just amazing. You know who I've been watching? Well, not in the last year because I've been so busy with work. But in the last three or four years, I have watched way more movies and appreciated, you know, good films more than ever in my life. Yeah. I've been very surprised and pleased to learn that Brad Pitt 
incredible actor as well. I dude, I'm going through the same thing right now. He's so good. I love him. I you know, love Brad Pitt. I have always yeah. loved him, but like lately I just rewatched all the oceans. Mm-hmm. I watched Snatch, like yep. Moneyball. They are all like Fight Club Seven. Brad Pitt or River Runs Through It. Yeah. Like Seven Brad is good. Pitt, I really like Seven. Brad Pitt is they, they for some reason he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves for being an incredible actor. I think it's because he's so good looking, honestly. He's so hot. <laughs> but but to be honest though, like, you know, there's more of a casual movie fan when I like really wasn't appreciating film to its fullest artistic capacity. I was just like, yeah, Brad Pitt's good looking. He's like the male version of Megan Fox, right? <laughs> At least in my head, that's what I thought. Or like Angelina Jolie, right? He's just, he's a pretty face, passable actor. And then as I started to like take more interest in good movies, I was like, Brad Pitt is incredibly talented. He's so hot. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm just, I'm I'm like in awe of him. Yeah. Yeah. He's incredibly talented. I think he is wonderful. He's so hot. (laughs) I yeah I watched uh, what's the movie with him and Leo the Tarantino movie the once oh, uh, in Hollywood with Margot Robbie yes that's a dude I need to watch that again very attractive fast yeah it is could you imagine just like those three just like sitting together could you imagine how high their confidence is dude imagine like hanging out at a Chili's table for four. <laughs> You, Brad Pitt, Leo, Margot Robbie. Like, could you function? <laughs> could I function? Could anyone function? Like, one, you're sitting next to Margot Robbie, so it's like, how can you even form words? And then across from Brad Pitt and Leo, and you're just like in awe of like... You're just like, God damn it. I want to be these dudes. I want to be with her. Like, I can't function right here. Like, and like, don't you think like... When they were doing the oceans, like mm-hmm. Brad Pitt and Clooney just get together, like they, they were just look at each other and say, "We like we got this." Like, yeah, we, we can go, we can go get anyone we want. Probably, dude. Those bastards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. It is. Anywho, <laughs> yeah. Anywho, I'm gonna go uh, watch Brad Pitt. <laughs> Well, have fun. But uh, it's good to be back. Yes, it is. So, and uh, right, we man. will we will talk about the defense next week. We'll probably talk about Brad Pitt next week. Um, yeah. And until then, go yeah. Canes. Go Canes. Go Canes. <laughs>